0: Today we'll hear the 8th sermon of Jacob and Esau taken from the book titled Sermons on Election and Reprobation by John Calvin using the Old Paths Publications edition of 1996 as our basis. And the minister, John Calvin, takes first text from the book of Genesis, chapter 26 reading from the translation he provided for us starting at verse 11. And Abimelech commanded all his people, saying, He that shall touch this man or his wife, he shall undoubtedly die the death. Now Isaac, sowing in that land, he got every year and hundred measures. So did Jehovah bless him. So did that man increase and grow on with a continual increase even until he was very rich. For he had great possession of flocks and possession of droves, and so great a family that the Philistines envied him. And they dammed up all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the time of his father Abraham, filling them up with earth. So as Abimelech said unto Isaac, Depart from us, for thou art made more mightier than we. Therefore Isaac departed from thence, and pitching his tents in the valley of Gerar, he settled there. For Isaac had digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the time of Abraham his father, and which the Philistines had dammed up after the death of Abraham. And he had given them names, according to the names which his father had given them. And the servants of Isaac, digging in the same valley, they found there a well of living waters. Now the shepherds of Gerar contended with Isaac's shepherds, saying, These waters are ours. Wherefore they called the name of that well, Hesek, because they had moved strife with them of their own accord. Afterwards, when they had digged another well, they contended also for that. Wherefore he called the name of that, Sitnah. We have seen how God had pity upon Isaac although he was worthy to have been forsaken in the time of his necessity for this was a singular favor that Rebekah's chastity was kept because Isaac had given it over and as much as was in him forsaken it for the safeguard of his own life. Lo, a distrust which deserved rather severe chastisement but yet would God support him and be the protector of his wife who otherwise was forsaken. Now it is said here that God stretched out his mercy farther. That is to say, that he would have Isaac to be in safety for the time to come, and that none should persecute him either in his own person or concerning his wife. And in very deed, it must needs be that this provision was freely given him, for it might have been laid in his dish that he had not greatly passed that his wife had been put to shame and reproach. And this was to cause him every day to have many quarrels. But in this God tries him, and yet he uses the king of the country to the end he might be in rest, to the end that none should come to assail him. It is therefore ordained that none shall touch him upon pain of death. Now this was done by special privilege according to that which we have alleged out of the psalm that God for the favor he did bear to Abraham and Isaac even chastised kings and rebuked peoples. But yet so much as we may gather that Abimelech being seized with fear made a decree the which was very right. And why was not this law perpetual? Because that men who have not the lively root of the fear of God do nothing but by force and violence. There is no hold nor constancy in them, as we shall find oftentimes. But inasmuch then as Abimelech perceived that if Isaac were offended or that any did him any wrong, that this should not remain unpunished, and that God would take vengeance of it, lo, why he was thus bridled. Now this is rehearsed unto us above all, to the end we might know how God has kept his own, though they have dwelt among wicked and cruel people, as it were among savage beasts. Nevertheless, he has maintained them by his power. And this to the end, that we likewise should trust in him. For the goodness of God, which he used towards our old fathers, is not only rehearsed unto us to the end that we should know that he was then pitiful towards them which trusted in him, but that we should not doubt that he will suffer us to be persecuted at this day, so that we have our refuge unto him. And when we know that he will be on our side, that we be also certain that he will maintain our part and that his protection will be enough for us against whatsoever men shall be able to attempt or devise against us. When, therefore, we shall have such a trust, the example of Isaac, which is here rehearsed unto us, ought to serve us for an instruction as if God should show us his hand stretched out To help and aid us in our need And especially when our enemies Shall be strong and mighty And that nothing shall be able to hinder them here below From oppressing us Then let us know That God will not cease to put to his helping hand For we know what he has said by his prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 62, verse 3, touching his church, that it is more precious unto him than all the realms and empires of this world. Now admit we be never so much despised of worldlings that we seem not worthy to them, as a man would say, to be cast to the dogs. Yet howsoever it be, for as much as God has Once declared that we are his flock, and that he hath taken us into his charge, let us assure ourselves that he will not fail us, when we shall be assaulted of them who torment us, and to whom it seems that God must not touch them. But moreover, Moses adds, that Isaac, sowing, he gathered in hundred measures, That is to say, a hundred times as much as he sowed. Here a question might be asked, seeing Isaac had not one foot of land, how he could sow? But some imagine that he had purchased some there. But this were against all reason. For it must be that the fathers content themselves with the promise which was given them, and that they dwell in the land of promise as strangers, and indeed it is said soon after that Isaac pitched his tents to declare that he had no certain house or, nor building. We see therefore that he was a vagabond in earth as was his father Abraham. But he might well hire some land to sow in that place. According as we know that the ancient fathers although God had enriched them yet they ceased not to give themselves to labor, both they and their household. For although they had both riches and commodities, yet they abused not those benefits that God had so bountifully bestowed upon them, in fanfares nor in idleness to become kings, but to maintain always themselves in the humble estate. Mark then briefly that which we have to learn when Isaac having hired some possession, sowed in that place and this is rehearsed of Moses because he adds that God blessed him in thy respect and made him so to prosper that he gathered in a hundredfold. But we shall find it strange in this country which was so hungry and as it were barren in comparison of Judea and Syria and of those countries thereabouts especially when he spoke of an hundredfold. For as much as the thing may seem incredible unto us, because we esteem that which is spoken unto us according to that which we have seen. But it is not without cause that our Lord Jesus Christ declares this unto us by a similitude taken from the seed which is sown. Although he spoke to another purpose, But notwithstanding, he says that when men shall sow, one part falls into the path and the fowls of the air devour it. Another shall fall among stones and this shall take no root for it has no nourishment. The other part shall be choked among bushes and thorns but that which falleth into good ground says he in Matthew chapter 13, verse 23, shall bring fruit. One thirty, the other sixty, and the last, an hundredfold. When we come thus far, as I have said, we cannot be persuaded therein unless the Son of God had spoken it. But the ancient fathers who have written of the land of Chaldea and especially have been in the same place and know it thoroughly they say that the ordinary increase was eighty and an hundred but here because he spoke of the country of the Philistines which was fertile but not as Chaldea therefore Moses rehearses that for a singular gift which God gave unto Isaac that he gathers an hundredfold lo here a sign of the blessing of God upon Isaac. Yes, concerning that which belonged unto this transitory life. For although the ancient fathers always respected the heavenly inheritance and bent all their affections toward that place, yet notwithstanding, being mortal men, they needed that God should give them some taste of his goodness in this world. For that which... St. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8 has always place here that the fear of God hath the promises not only of everlasting life but also of this present life. While we are in this life God will not give us the fullness of those blessings he promises us for in very deed We would have our paradise here and would cast our eyes no further but all our senses would be clean gutted if God should give us in all respects such abundance as we require and therefore he gives us only a little taste of his goodness to the end to draw us on further. But what though? Yet can we but in part acknowledge That God is our Father, not only by the testimony that we have of that from his mouth, but also by those blessings which he liberally bestows upon us. And here we behold both these things in this history which Moses sets down. That is to say that God blesses his own in such manner that they have occasion to rejoice in him, and yet in that he divides their morsels in such a portion that they be always in mourning whilst they are in this world, and thereby are occasioned to cast their eyes farther. For Mark, our father Isaac, he prospers, he increases, and becomes mighty. So says Moses. And he says not only that God blessed him at once, but that he multiplied him in such manner that he always grew and waxed richer and richer. But on the other side, he he adds that the Philistines envied him. We see that Isaac had such cause to rejoice in God for the prosperity which was given unto him, that yet notwithstanding, God awakened him and mixed his sweet meat with some sour sauce. This was a great cause of joy unto him when God did so sensibly multiply him. It was as it were a looking glass to all the Philistines wherein to behold what it was to serve God. Yet notwithstanding, this turns to his trouble and causes him to be persecuted. We see then how God tempers his benefits which he bestows liberally upon his children. I say the Temporal benefits which concern this life, that they can never settle themselves and rest in them. But yet, here further a question might be asked why God caused Isaac to pros- so to prosper that the inhabitants of the country should rise up against him? Had it not been much better for him that he had continued in a humble estate and had lived quiet under his tent? Than to be so enriched that everyone should war against him and that they could not abide him, fearing lest he would become lord over them and tread them under his feet? If God had kept such a means, it seems that it had been more profitable to Isaac. Wherefore then is it that he does multiply him, and that this is the cause that he is pursued? Yes, and that he has no water for himself, neither for his family nor his cattle. But God is so wise in disposing all things that if he make his servants to prosper, he shows them that they ought to keep themselves fast unto him and that they have occasion to bless him. And yet notwithstanding, when he lays them open to troubles and afflictions, he turns this also to their good. So then we must mark this for a rule that all the graces which we receive from the hand of God in this world they are joined with some miseries and that our honey is never pure but always there is some vinegar mixed with it. God could well take another course if it had pleased him but we must be subject unto him and be content with that that he does although that our senses and the lusts of our flesh resist against it. And true it is that a man which were well advised would never seek to be rich or wealthy, and so that he might have sufficient for meat and drink and clothing, he would seek for no other state or condition. Yet notwithstanding, it pleases God to exercise one sort with poverty and to be bountiful towards others, and both poor and rich may be faithful, and both to the children of God. I speak not of all in general, but we see that there are some fearing God who are not all of the same estate and condition. Some of them have wealth enough for their maintenance, yes, and that to make them live with some credit and countenance among men. Others... Some have scarcely a morsel of bread to eat. Now, if it were in us to order this matter, we would that God should use rather an equal and same measure. Yes, but he knows for what purpose he chose rather such a diversity. And therefore, as I have said, it is for us to content ourselves with his pleasure. And so... When it pleases him to make his servants to prosper in such a way That we may know for a surety that his blessing rests in their persons It is a testimony of his goodness And of this they ought to make their profit But when there is any sourness mingled with it They ought to think God would not that I should sleep here Nor rest myself so upon these earthly benefits that they should make me to forget everlasting life. It is necessary, therefore, that the faithful have this wisdom and consideration in them, that always they know how to make their profit of those benefits that God bestows upon them, and in the meantime, that they forget not the favor that he has showed unto them, although that they have many cares, griefs, troubles, and wrongs, which shall be done unto them by men. And namely here, both the rich and poor are taught their duty. When a man shall be afflicted with poverty and need, yet in the meantime God will not suffer him to be so destitute and forsaken, but that always he shall have some little portion to the end he may feel that God has care of him. And therefore, when the faithful have not all that they desire, but God leaves them there as if he forsook them, they must not therefore murmur against him, nor think that he has cast them off. But how little soever it be that he has given them, yes, be it never so little, they must apply it to taste the goodness of God. So that they may call upon him as their father and put their trust in him and patiently bear their condition, which otherwise would be hard and miserable unto them. And as for the rich, when they shall have more wealth than they have need of, if this breed them any care and bring some griefs, as the common proverb is, he that hath land has war at hand. If a man have but an acre of land, he shall either be drawn into suit of law, or else he shall have some other trouble about it. As for the rich, I say, when they see these things, that they cannot possess their goods and peace with peace and quietness, but that they shall always have some trouble and anxiety together with this, Let them know that for all this they must not be dissatisfied, displeased, and that the blessing of God always gives them courage to trust in him, and that they be not led to unthankfulness and forgetfulness, but that always they bless his name. And this is it that we have to note out of this place where it is said that God made Isaac to prosper, and that this was the cause that moved the inhabitants of the country to envy him, who therefore did drive him out from among them. Now it is said expressly that the king of Gerar sent unto him, saying, We cannot suffer thee to tarry among us, for thou art mightier than we. We. Here we see more clearly that which I touched before, namely, that they that are not well rooted in the fear of God may do virtuous acts, but this is as it were by blasts, and they do not continue. There is no perseverance unless it be in them whom God governs, and whom he has so reformed by his Holy Spirit, and that his fear and obedience that they follow on their course till they come to the goal. Yet notwithstanding, even the faithful themselves are not so constant in well-doing, but many times they tread amiss and go out of the way, but God corrects them, and when they are strayed here and there, he brings them back into the good way. But as for them whom he has not not yet regenerated and born anew, and to keep their natural inclination, although it seem oftentimes that they will do marvels, yet lo, in the turning of a hand, they are changed. We see this in the king of Gerar. Earlier, he was as an angel. For when he spoke of abusing another man's wife, he said that it was to infect the whole country and to cause the vengeance of God to come upon great and small. Behold, a divine sentence. It seems that God spoke by his mouth, and indeed there is no doubt, but that this confession was wrung from him both against himself and against all those who esteemed this, as a man should say, for a pardonable sin. Behold, then, Abimelech, who shows that God had even strengthened him and inflamed him with such a zeal that he had this fault in great detestation, for he knew that it was displeasing to God. And accordingly, he caused his proclamation to be made that no man should touch Isaac nor his wife upon pain of death. This is yet another commendable point. It seems, therefore, that Abimelech was wholly become fearing God. But straightway after, he says unto Isaac, Away! get thee hence he drives out Isaac he knows that Isaac is under protection of God and when he attempts anything against him is it not as it were to despise God and to break the safeguard which he has set upon his servant let us learn therefore that seeing it is so to be so conversant among those which have no fear of God as that if they be gentle and courteous for a time unto us and afterwards be changed that we bear it with patience and that we be ready to suffer injury of them after they have done us good. Moreover, let us know that unless God have imprinted his fear in us and given us a lively root of it, we should never have any constancy of seriousness in us let us pray unto him that it would please him to show unto us by effect that he has truly renewed us by his Holy Spirit and that we have not a zeal like unto a fire of stubble continue therein and although that we sometimes slide from it as we are very weak Despite this, that we be not clean misled and carried away from him, but that we may follow on our course even unto the end. And so we have to beseech him from day to day, that he will increase in us the graces of his Holy Spirit. For were our desire never so good, it is certain that we should be quickly cold. And as our nature is inconstant, unfaithful, we should from this day, before tomorrow, be changed, were it not that God continued to govern us. This is it briefly, which we have to mark. Now the reason that is here brought by Abimelech is taken from common experience. For we know that rich men despise the poor and he that has much thinks that others are not equal unto him. Consequently is he by and by puffed up with pride and boldness and cruelty follows. As it is said, men are like unto horses. When they are well fed they are wanton and untamed. They kick, they bite. To be short they will not be ridden. And thus does it go most commonly with men. So then, when a man comes to be of great substance and wealth, it is certain that by nature he will be bent to advance himself, and pride will bear sway in him. And so it is expressly said of Sodom that when they had great abundance of wealth they became proud, and afterwards followed cruelty. So that they had no pity upon their poor neighbors to help them. And this is as it were almost an ordinary matter. So then when Abimelech says unto Isaac. Thou art stronger than we. Depart therefore and get thee hence. This is because men do abuse the graces of God. And cannot content themselves with sobriety nor modesty when God does. Advance us. Now we know hereby how perverse we be. For in that God shows himself liberal towards us, it is certain that he draws near unto us, and draws us near unto him. And this should give us an occasion to humble ourselves so much the more. For there is nothing that ought more to bring us into order and to do our duty Then, when God shows himself of this manner unto us and that we walk, as it were, in his sight. But if we abuse his graces, and as I have already said, if riches generate in us both pride and presumption and consequent contempt of those which are our inferiors and afterwards cruelty... So as we torment one and persecute another, we devour this man here and that man there. He is not this to turn light into darkness? So then we have to know the perversity which is in us and whereunto we are not only inclined but also given unless that God do withdraw us from it. Now, when God deals well with his children, it is certain that he does correct this vice in them, that they have no lust to advance themselves, to put out their horns and to show forth their merriments, and to tread under their feet those which are not equal unto them. And we have already declared that there is always mingled a certain cooling. To the end, they should not glory and flatter themselves too much in their felicity. Howsoever it be, it must be that he worked therein by his Holy Spirit, for there will never be any modesty in us whenever any occasion is offered unto us to advance ourselves. The peel of an onion, as the common proverb says, is enough to make us to forget from where we are and to make us drunken with arrogance and to despise all others. But Isaac was not so given to pride and presumption, and Abimelech does him wrong. But but as I have said, he measured it according to the common measurement, because that the fashion of men is always to oppress the least when they can do it, and to take, leave according to their might, to hurt. And therefore it is that Abimelech says, Thou art more strong than we." And on this, we have to note that God admonishes us by this common example to carry ourselves peaceably and modestly. When we have any occasion offered us to make any account of ourselves, that we lay it aside and be so much the more careful to keep ourselves in our degree, yes in the basest. And in the meanwhile, If it please him to bring us down and to hold us in a low and despised condition let us know that he does it for our good and that it it is as a preservative medicine and let us know that if we were advanced to any high place of honor that it would be to make us stark blind. And this is it, that which we have to bear away in this place. Now it is said afterwards that Isaac came into the valley of Gerar. He went not quite out of the country, but he went apart to the end, not to be any more in their sight, and to take away all occasion of malice from all the inhabitants of Gerar. For we know what manner of people the Philistines were. Here we see in the first place the patience of Isaac, who not only replied not, but to purchase peace and rest, secured and bound up his baggage and went his way to pitch his tent elsewhere, and in this he has showed his humility. It is true that he went not quite out of the country, but yet notwithstanding, he might have made some resistance for to have tarried in that place where he had, as it were, a farm, We have seen that his father Abraham had, as it were, prepared a little army in his house. He might have therefore done the same and so might have withstood the wrong which was done unto him. But he is so far off from this that he is, as it were, a lamb. And Moses says not that he moved any great contention or that he skirmished, though he were chased from them, and that wrongfully after they had received him and after they had showed him some sign of courtesy but he leaves all so then we are taught when we shall be oppressed to bear our wrongs patiently and not to take the sword in hand to work our revenge when it shall seem that we have a just cause before men for we know what is commanded us, namely to give place unto wrath, that is, to suffer that God revenge for us, and so let us follow our father Isaac, in that that he suffered himself to be wickedly driven out of the country where he had so behaved himself that he ought rather to have been beloved of all. For what occasion had they given them that they should suspect any evil in him and yet notwithstanding they cast him out and say that he is too strong as though he had abused his greatness so this is one lesson touching this retreat of Isaac where it is said that he came into the valley of Gerar now Moses adds another temptation which was very hard unto him and that was that he had dug the wells that his father Abraham had dug in his lifetime, and that he kept the same names that was given unto them. Here we see in the first place the malice of the Philistines. Although that Abraham had lived very courteously among them, yes, and that Abimelech, this man's predecessor, had made a league with him and came to seek him and Abraham in way of homage had given him one of the wells that he had dug which he had bought again and had presented the homage unto him as we have seen. Yet in spite of all this that they came to dam up these wells. They knew that Abraham was the servant of God and the prophet. God had maintained his quarrel and they had a visible testimony thereof for even the house of Abimelech had been beaten and God had scourged it and therefore they might have been moved thereby to have suffered him. And albeit, they had not for a time been well advised, seeing that Abraham had protested that he would not do wrong nor hurt any, as he had been sworn to Abimelech, they should have contented themselves by this means. They had known the man to be very loyal, and keeping his promise where he had made it. Despite this, to the end, he should never return again, they dammed up the wells which he had dug. For there is no doubt but this was done to the end to shut him out from coming any more among them. For as he was a stranger, he might have sought out a place fit for him to dwell in. As if he would say, at the least wise, I shall have water. And again, there is some pasture for my cattle. So then he might have returned back again. But what do they? Oh, when the water shall be taken away from him, he shall be constrained to seek pasture elsewhere. He can never return to this place again. See here a vile and mischievous malice. But let us know that it is God's will that his children be so persecuted to prove their patience. And again, let us note that all falls out to the confusion of the wicked when they are so unkind against the servants of God. For it is certain that if Abraham had dwelt there, the blessing of God had rested in that country. And when it is here rehearsed of Isaac, that he gathered in and hundredfold so much as he sowed, there is no doubt but that the, but that the land was fertile, and that all his neighbors tasted of the favor of God. To be short, the children of God always give some sweet savor of His mercy. And we have seen that which was said of Sodom and Gomorrah, that if God could only have found one ten, the city had not been sunk. But see the despisers, the scorners of God and the unfaithful, who drive out the faithful from among them and cannot abide them. And this shall always turn to their own confusion. In the meanwhile, God will have pity upon his own, and howsoever they be thrust out of the world, are persecuted, and have not where to set their foot, yet will he always find some refuge and shadow for them. But yet we must be armed with great patience when men are so cruel unto us that we can find no equity among them, that they are as mad beasts. Yet must we endure all this, that we may be armed with the Spirit of God, which is the Spirit of mercy. For certain it is that we need nothing to make us to cast out our poison, for we are so delicate and nice that we can suffer nothing, and we are always ready to revenge our own quarrels. We shall therefore never be so gentle to bear the wrongs that are done unto us unless that God govern us by his Holy Spirit. But howsoever it be, the example of the fathers is here set before us. To the end we should learn not to trouble and upset ourselves too much when men torment us in any manner or way whatsoever. Moreover, it is said here expressly that Isaac kept the names of the wells as we have seen of Beersheba, which was the well of the oath inasmuch as Abimelech had there sworn there with Abraham. Now this was to maintain possession for this was as much as a public instrument or indenture or rather more. Abimelech had made a league there with Abraham Lo, a promise made with a solemn ceremony. Abraham had acknowledged homage unto him for the wells. The name testifies the same. So that Isaac pretends that the inhabitants knew that this was a parcel of the inheritance which his father had purchased for him, and therefore that it was his own by law. But all this prevails nothing. What just title soever he had, Yet in spite of this, they cease not to quarrel against him. Thus we see, howsoever the children of God seek nothing else but to enjoy that which is their own, and which it is lawful for them to use, despite this they shall be thrust from it. For the scorners of God are impudent, and whatsoever men allege unto them, yet neither reason nor equity can prevail with them and be a made account of. When we shall see the like at this day, let us not think it a new and strange thing. There was more simplicity in that time then, and yet nevertheless we see that Isaac must be thrust from all that which he pretended is justly to be his, as was possible. Now when it is said that he gave names to these two wells which were taken from him, that is to say, for which he was drawn into law, That is to say, from which he was thrust, for it profited him not to plead, as at this day. But by violence he is driven out of possession. Now there is no doubt when he gave these names of strife and disputing or contention, but that this was done as if he made his complaint to God. When he saw that men's ears were deaf, and all reasons excluded, He has no other way but this to set up a memorial. To the end, God might have pity upon him. Now, therefore, let us learn. When we can gain nothing by bringing forth our titles and right to keep that which is ours and that which is given us, that yet in spite of this, we leave not off to trust that in the end, God will have pity upon us. Lo then, what we have to do, that is, that as much as lies in us, we endeavor that men may leave us peace, and that they come not to devour us. This shall always be lawful to the children of God, for howsoever we be commanded to be as sheep among wolves, yet God has permitted unto us a peaceable defense, inasmuch as he has taken us into his hands. We must endeavor therefore as much as lies in us to repel all violences, wrongs, outrages and riots that shall be done unto us and all persecutions that can be devised against us. Have we done this? If we gain nothing and that men be so obstinately bent to mischief and especially if they be possessed with such fury that all reason be trodden under foot among them Let us have recourse unto God, and pray Him that it will, that it well please Him to take our cause into His own hands. And doubt we not, when men shall become so uncourteous, that they shall deride at whatsoever we can allege, that in the end God will take order with them. Lo then what we have to bear away of the example of Isaac when he named the wells. Strife. Debate and contention. For this was not of anger or of malice, as there are very many which will will revenge themselves and cast out some injurious word. But Isaac commended his cause to God, as also we are exhorted by St. Peter, that if we be envied of men and can find no remedy at their hands, that then we wait when God will put to his hand, as surely he will. Now in the end it is said that Isaac having dug a well for which he was not assailed, that he named it Rehoboth, as if he should say, generosities. And specially he puts it in the plural number. And contents not himself to say, Lo, a generosity but he says behold the generosities which God has bestowed upon us we yet see more plainly that which I have touched before that is when Isaac was in so great distress that he had no water to drink that men were so cruel unto him that he could not drink of the water which he had dug by his own labor and by the hands of his family that he remits This matter to God, who is the just judge. But contrariwise, when God had compassion upon him, and that men came no more to torment him, and that he had water to drink for himself and for all his company, oh well, says he, this is God that has bestowed this upon me. He says not, oh, in the end yet have I obtained my purpose. These wicked ones have let me alone at the length. Now let us take our ease. He speaks not so simply as a profane man would have done, but he would have a memorial of thanksgiving unto God as he had set up memorials of his complaint to draw the Lord to have mercy upon him. Likewise, his mind is, now that this benefit of God should be as it were engraved there, And that men should speak of it not only for three days, but after his death. And that they should acknowledge that well a sign of the favor that God had showed him. And let us know this circumstance. For he ceases not to give God thanks with a quiet heart, though he had become a long time afflicted. When we have endured long the like troubles... The graces of God are apt to be darkened by that feeling of our evil. And if God suffer us to languish for a time, although afterwards he reach out his hand unto us, yet we think it is not from him. But we attribute this to fortune. But Isaac did not so. But although he was driven out, and that he had endured this for a long time, Yet so soon as God had given him release, he blesses his name and says, God has enlarged me. Lo says he, the generosities or bounties of God which I behold in this well. But now in the end, we have to note the patience of Isaac. When we preach nowadays of patience, hardly can we get this point. And if we have to endure never so little, we be not by and by hot and angry. And when it seems that we are very patient, yet there will always be some unwillingness, reluctance, unless God even at the very first push comfort us. And in the troublesome season, what suffer we? Surely in a manner, nothing. If we endure but a blow, oh, it is so hard as nothing can be harder. And moreover, if men go on to do us wrong, oh, we suffer too much. But we are far off from this lenity and softness which is here showed us in our father Isaac. We will say, I cannot bear it. If any man wrong us, but the value of three pennies, or if some small portion of our good Oh, I cannot endure it. This is too much. Yes, but Isaac strived for water. I say strived. He took not a sword to fight, but he endured wrong. Although he had dug his wells, and his father had purchased them with his own respectable goods, and that that the king had made him a grantee, and that he had dug them again and taken a great deal of travel to have water to drink. In spite of all this, we see his patience. And so, when God shall afflict us, and shall loose the bridle to the wicked, that we shall be plundered, peeled, and sheared of them, let us yet know that we are not come to that extremity, not to have a drop of water, and to have those elements taken from us, which God would have common among men. For every man will have his portion separately both of corn and of wine, of meat, and such like things, and of movable items and possessions. Everyone will have his own. But as for water, it is an element which God has ordained for all men. When there are rivers, wells, and fountains in any highway, why should they be taken away from those that are the creatures of God? But howsoever it be, yet it fell out that our fathers were brought to such extremity. And this, as I have already touched, serves to this purpose that we should learn to be patient. Not only to suffer some one little injury, or two or three, but that in all respects we should be so meek and soft-natured that if it were in a matter of life and death, as they say, we put our hope in God that he will show himself pitiful towards us. And therefore let us not double our evil. Let us not make of one two, when the wicked and ungodly persecute us unjustly. But let us labor to soften their hearts and to ease the malice which they use against us. If we do so, it is certain that howsoever we be for a time in extreme anguish, Yet in the end, God will so enlarge us that we shall have good cause to bless His holy name with full mouth. But now let us fall down before the majesty of our good God in acknowledging our sins, praying Him that it will please Him in such a way to make us feel them, that it may be to make us to be displeased with ourselves for them, and that we may learn more and more to conform ourselves to his holy will, renouncing our manner to bear with us in our weaknesses and vices, that we do not therewith nourish them, but that he will more and more purge us until he hath stripped us of all carnal affections and clothed us anew with the affections of his holy spirit to the end we may so behave ourselves with men that whatsoever yet we have with which to advance ourselves we cease not to lowly and humble and when we be oppressed that therefore we give not over to be courageous always to submit ourselves to him which is able to help us. And that he will not only show us this grace, but also to all peoples and nations of the earth. Amen. Stand with me, we'll pray together. This recording is copyright and was made with the permission of Old Town's Publications and may not be duplicated without their written permission. This Reformation audio resource was read by Mr. Mike Crowns on September 2, 2001 and is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. Many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, are available on the web at www.swrb.com. The site and catalog contain many classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books and CDs at great discounts. We can also be reached by email. Our email address is swrb at swrb.com or contact us by phone at 780 450 Three seven three zero by fax at 780-468-1096 or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Our postal code is T6L3T5. If you do not have a web connection, please contact us to request a free printed catalog. Thank you.